0: Well, it's great to be back with you folks again tonight. Um, Let's see, it's been, I think, is it a year, six months? I get down here every six months, so maybe it was every six months ago. But anyway, it's great to be back with you all again. And um, just a real quick update on school ministries. As you folks, most of you know that uh, I'm currently serving on the board of school ministries. I've been the chairman for a few years, and uh, uh, God has done some wonderful things. Just in this last year, we've grown 22% in the number of students we're reaching, and that's better than a CD you can get today, Um, and we're thankful for that. Uh, So continue to pray for us. We have a long way to go, Um, and God is um, using school ministries in a mighty way, along with other ministries, too. We're also trying to partner with other ministries that are reaching out. In fact, today I had a nice meeting with uh, First Priority, some of the folks that are in the schools that are reaching students, not during the school day, but before school, lunchtime, and after school and uh, try to reach out to them today and say, listen, you know, we would love to partner with you because you're reaching them at times we don't, and we're reaching them at times you don't. And especially for those kids that ride on the bus who can't meet after school, we meet during the school day. So it might be third period or sixth period or whatever it might be. So um, uh, just pray that um, we'll we'll have wisdom to know what to do uh, in that particular case. So. Anyway, I'm not going to talk, talk, speak long tonight, and I've changed the, the message I was going to speak on. I have the message written down here, but I'm not going to speak on that tonight. I have something else that, that God has just laid down my heart since I've been sitting here. And uh, I, I have a picture that I'm going to use uh, to, to um, show you, and I want to ask you a question. I don't want you to talk to anyone. Just think about this person. Maybe you've seen this picture before. This is my wife's painting of a of a picture that she we found in the... Um, in an encyclopedia. The, my question to you is don't don't talk to your neighbor. How old is this lady in the picture? So don't don't say anything, just look at it. How old is this lady? What would you guess? Okay? There's the picture right there. Alright? Just look at it and then make a determination. How old is the lady? That's the only question right now. Okay? Alright, I'll stop showing it. Now the question is, I'm gonna do it in blocks of 10 years. Okay, I'm going to say, um, start with 20, uh, let's, say, let's say 15 to 25, and then I'll go up from there. How many think she's between 15 and 25? Put your hands up high. Okay, how many think she's between 25 and 35? Okay, how about 35 to 45? You're it man okay no all right how about how about 45 to 55 right back there 55 to 65 you're looking at, you're not looking at me now right you're looking at some picture how high are you going 55 I'm going higher than that 55 okay. to 65 let's just say over 65 it's the same picture wait a minute now we've got people that are saying she's below 25 other people say she's over 65 it's the same picture okay now. See, everybody's looking at the same thing, right? But you're coming away with totally different conclusions. Now, of course, this is an optical illusion. There are two women in the picture, okay? There's one lady who, um, the young lady, here's her hair, here's an earring, there's her eyelash and her face, you see? Okay, there's her earring, there's her eye, right? Now there's also an older, I mean really older lady in there. Okay, here's her nose. Okay, mouth, mouth here. Okay, now do you folks see the other, the two ladies? Okay, all right, I'll I'll show it to you later some more if you want to see it, I'll lay it up here. But why do I show that? The reason why I show that is because the world, when they look at um, the Bible and they look at what it is we teach, some of them see something that's old and passe, it's not alive, it doesn't mean anything to me. But some of them look at it as something very vibrant, very alive, very you know, relevant to where they are, and they get excited about it. So uh, you know, as, we, as we go about our daily lives, whether it's at school, at the workplace, in the home, across the back fence, wherever, we've got to recognize that people look at the Bible and look at the Gospel in a lot of different ways. And I believe a lot of them look at the Bible as something that's irrelevant, It's something that um, is sort of for the old people, it's something that, you know, yeah, you used to study that, but it doesn't really relate to me because I'm in, the, I'm in the iPad, iPhone age, and that's not for me. Well, what I would like to do tonight is to just share with you a few thoughts about how best that we can share our faith with other people in light of some of the things that people tend to see from where they are. I think sometimes we assume that people don't want to hear what we have to say about the Lord. They they probably heard it a thousand times, they don't want to hear it again, so when I talk to people, they're not really going to respond anyway, but I want to be able to report back on Wednesday night prayer meeting that I did it to three different people so I'd feel better. Well, I would like to sort of dispel that because from my vantage point, I really believe this, and maybe I hope some of you also do, and share the feeling. I don't believe that very many people out there have actually heard a clear presentation of the Gospel. They have heard a whole bunch of gobbledygook, or maybe even nothing, about what the Bible really says about how to know the Lord in a personal way, and how to come to Christ and have eternal life. So what I would like to do tonight, if you're taking notes, uh, fine. If you're taking mental notes, that's fine too. But let me just start off with um, a verse in... uh, John chapter 15 if you have a Bible if you don't just follow along uh, in your mind there John chapter 15 which is the vine chapter let me just read a couple of verses out of it I won't read the whole thing obviously but Jesus says this I'm the true vine my father is the husband or the vine dresser uh, every branch in me that bears fruit he purges it or he takes away but every branch that bears fruit uh, he purchased it that it may bring forth more fruit. Okay, all right. Now you are chosen through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, and the branch can't bear fruit of itself except it abide in the, bean, uh, in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Okay? I'm the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Okay? So... I think the first principle we need to understand is this: He's the vine, we're the branches. Okay? We have grapevines out in our backyard, and every March or late February, early March, my wife gets out there with a long-handled hand, long choppers, and she cuts those, those grapes down. We have three different kinds of grapes: we have white grapes, uh, um, red grapes, and uh, Concord grapes. And she cuts them all the way back down. It looks like they're going to die. I mean, they, they're just about gone when she chops them chops them out. And every every year i'm amazed at what grapes we get you know wagon loans of grapes off of those grapevines, because the life is not in the branches it's in the vine and the branches yield that fruit because they're connected to the vine so as we share our faith it's important for us to understand you just can't go out there and just sort of talk about you know just do it on your own we've got to recognize that we're connected to the vine he's the one that gives the fruit we are the ones that should um, bear that fruit with him connected to us. I don't know that's maybe a little complicated, but he's the vine. We're the branches. I've heard people say, "I'm going to go do something for God." You can't do something for God, okay? <laughs> you do it with him in his strength. All right, that's what it's about. So, first thing is, if you're going to you've got to write these principles down very quickly. Is one, he's the one that bears the fruit. Okay. Now, maybe some of you folks have relatives, maybe children, maybe parents, whatever, uh, maybe spouses even that don't know the Lord, and maybe you're getting down and discouraged and you shared your faith and it's just not happening, the second principle is this. We can't take the credit for people that come to Christ because of our testimony. We can't take that credit. Why? It's because Him, he's the one that does it, not, not me. But also, we can't take the blame for those who don't trust Christ if we've been faithful in sharing our faith effectively. You know, and because it's his doing okay? That doesn't mean we shouldn't pray, that doesn't mean we shouldn't share our, share the gospel with them, but we cannot take the blame if we've been faithful in what we've done. We are to sow the seed, okay? He's the one that brings the increase. Okay. Now the next point is this, this might sound pretty obvious, but to a lot of people they don't really see this, and that is this, when you're sharing your faith, start off with the positive. What does gospel mean? Bad news, right? It's good news, right? So, good news, it's good news, but when you when you go to someone, sometimes what we like to do is start off by saying, you know, Billy, you're a sinner. And he says, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's great. You know, We, we don't start off that way. You, what do you start off with? What is the good news, anyway? Jesus loves you. We just sang it, and he did something about it. He shed his blood on the cross. Jesus Christ loves you and wants to forgive your sin and make you a person that you know, has a purpose in life and has an eternal life beyond that. Okay, That's the good news. Okay. Now, are you saying, Jim, that you should o- avoid saying that they're sinners? No. But you start off with the good news. Now, my, uh, we have four kids, three boys and a girl. Now, I remember our son, Doug, who's our second child, um, went when he was trying to find a job right after uh, high school. He became a rainbow vacuum cleaner salesman. Anybody own a vacu- uh, r- uh, vacuum cleaner, Rainbow? You do? At one time. Well, yeah, we still own ours, and we're still paying on it about 20 years later. No, we paid for it, but <laughs> but it, it doesn't mow your grass. It doesn't do anything except vacuum. You know, it's like $1,200, $1,300 for a vacuum cleaner. Well, why do we buy it, besides being our son? He was excited about it. You know, he was he was expecting us to buy one, Probably partly because we were his parents, but also uh, because we, we, you know, he presented it in a very convincing way. So when you present the gospel, expect that this is something that these people need because they do, but also expect a. a, a the Lord to do some work. And don't just go out there saying to yourself, I know this person is not going to accept this, but I'm doing it because I promised I would kind of thing. You know what I mean? We've got to get above this thing that says they've heard this before, so I'm just doing it again. I don't know why, but you know, it'll clear my conscience if I do it wrong. You'd be amazed how many people have never heard the simple gospel before. Okay, And uh, this gentleman I mentioned earlier, I spoke to today, um, you know What what got, what got us talking about it was, uh, I, I had my ring on, I, I don't usually wear my ring very much, but I had my ring on, this is from MIT, I graduated from MIT, and um, so uh, so we got to talk and then he looked at the ring and said, "What? oh that you got a brass rat there, I said brass rat is the, the rat is actually a, a beaver, an eager beaver, you heard of, well that's where that comes from, eager beaver. So anyway, I wear it sometimes uh, to start conversations, because some people that went there, you know and said, oh you went to MIT, yes I went to MIT. And so we started talking about that, and somehow I started having the credibility. You know, somehow this guy at least squeaked through, you know. But um, bottom line is we started talking about things. Oh, where'd you go to school? And so on, back and forth. And before you know it, uh, I had a chance to sort of uh, get into the Scriptures and ask him about what he planned to do the rest of his life and, and got some interesting answers back and so had a chance to present the Gospel. So expect people to listen. Some of them won't. But God promises that His Word will not return void. Now the third point is related to what I just said. Don't just share um, the 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 gospel as far as words are concerned, share scripture. Okay? Share scripture. Now for me, I I was raised in a Christian home. My mom and dad are now with the Lord, but I mean I've heard the gospel since I could, you know, I could walk. Okay? And uh, but that doesn't mean I'm a Christian just because I'm you know, I became a Christian by osmosis. I became a Christian by uh, recognizing at the age of six, so the age of some of these kids here, one night I, I just could not go to sleep because it was a Sunday night, March sixth, nineteen forty eight. Uh, I know you're trying to figure out how old is this dude anyway, but <laughs> in fact somebody from Boca Chapel the other day said, Let's see, I computed that you're seventy four. I said, No I'm not seventy four. Well you said nineteen forty eight and you're born at I said, No, I'm seventy two. I know I don't look seventy two, I look seventy eight, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so but the point was I heard the message of the gospel at a young age I was convicted of my sin at a very young age, and uh, that night I could not sleep anymore. I got up, woke up my father and mother, and, and my dad climbed out of bed and got his big Bible out, just about this size here, and opened up the Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. Okay, and verses I've heard before, but now they sort of meant something new to me because I was seeking. And he read them to me again, had me read them, and he read other verses of Scripture out of Romans and John and so on. And I invited Christ into my life that night. So when you're sharing the gospel with people, make sh- make sure you share scripture. The Lord does not promise to bless your words; He promises to bless His words. Okay, in scripture. So find some verses that are relevant to your situation. Now, some of you, you know, you say, "Well, I don't have a very exciting testimony." Well, mine's not really exciting either. You know, sometimes when I'll speak at a at a uh, uh, oh uh, businessmen's meeting or something, or a Christian women's club or something, I'll start off by saying, "You know, my." Before I became a Christian, I was involved with alcohol and sex and drugs and and addiction and so on, and and then I uh, became a Christian at the age of six. You know, and they all sort of laugh. But you know, some people want to hear that dramatic thing. I was flat on my back and I was almost ready to die, and I, you know, but that's not my testimony. But the point is, I was raised in a Christian home. Maybe some of you were raised in a Christian home, okay? And you've never come to the point where you've actually said, "Lord, I'm a sinner, a sinner, and I need to receive." Christ is my savior, I want to ask him for forgiveness, thank him for what he's done for me. You know, it doesn't just happen automatically. Because you're born in an oven doesn't make you a blueberry muffin. You know, being born in a garage doesn't make you a beamer. And the same logic follows here, okay? So, um, it's important for us to use scripture and uh, uh, and God will bless that. Here's another point, just a few, and then we'll be done. And that is, eschew obfuscation, okay? Right, Aaron? You got that? Eschew, okay. obfuscate. What in the world do I, What am I talking about? Well, avoid confusing language. That's what that means. Okay, now I just use confusing language, right? And you're going... But yet sometimes we get used to word, using words like regeneration and propitiation and salvation. Even words that we think are pretty clear, uh, like uh, confession or... Um, whatever the words might be. We've got to use words that the people will understand. Okay? That doesn't mean we use you know the, the gutter language, but we need to use language that the local people will understand. What language did Jesus speak? Anybody? Hmm? Anybody? What language did Jesus speak? Aramaic. I think, right? That was the language of the people. That was the marketplace language. Okay. Also probably maybe Hebrew, right? Um, maybe a little French, I don't know, but anyway. mm-hmm. no. But Aramaic, he spoke the language of the people. Okay, you'll find that in some of the Gospels. Okay, not very much of it, but there's some in there. Okay, so use a language that people will understand. Okay, or another point, use an organized approach. If I asked any of you, and I'm not going to do this tonight to embarrass anybody, but if I ask any of you to, to, um, how would you lead me to Christ? How many of you would be able to come up or sit down with me? and lead me through the gospel message, okay? I bet a lot of you go, oh, not me, no, please, 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 you know, some other time. And it's sometimes people think it's very, very difficult. It's not. It really isn't, okay? So try to rehearse it. You might even want to go over it in your Sunday school classes. How would you lead someone to Christ, okay? Because it is important. The scripture says this, be always ready, finish the sentence, be always ready, what? To give an account of the hope that is within you which means give a reason to people that ask why are you a Christian and why do you believe that you know so on give a reason for that and if you don't have a way to do that you better study some more and pray about it and be prepared for that answer because this world is going to test you they're going to try you they're going to try to unconvert you I'm telling you uh, I spent enough years I spent 17 years in college um, and he said, that's crazy. I did, 17 years, from 1958 to 1975. Um, and I was also working some of that time, too, but I was in college every semester. So, I mean, I've had a lot of college and uh, a lot of training, um, and there's a lot of people who would like to see your faith fail. You know, they'd like to see some other philosophy in your life besides saying I'm a Christian. Okay. Alright, another point. Use an organized approach when you share the Gospel. Be prepared for a step-by-step presentation of what it means to know Christ and how we can invite him in. Because sometimes we get sort of scrambled and we don't quite include the important points. What are the important points in a gospel message? First of all, the fact that God does love us. We started off with that. Okay. And uh, then second thing, he proved it, right? And uh, he proved it by sending his only begotten son. Then why did he have to die? because I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. And usually the illustration I use is, we've got four kids. You know, I've never sat down with any of them and said, hey Danny, here's how you steal cookies out of the cookie jar when mommy's not in the kitchen. Never had to do that. Never had to have them teach them how to lie. They learned it automatically, just like I did. Why? Because we're sinners, okay? And then the third thing is, Jesus Christ came to earth to pay for the sin that I couldn't pay for, okay? He's the son of God. In fact, what I mentioned with this guy today, this gentleman, Gunther, I said, when you think about Jesus, he was only one of two things. He was either who he claimed to be. You know, he said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am God in the flesh. Okay? You know, he did miracles. He rose from the dead. He either did or he's the greatest deceiver, liar, lunatic the world's ever known. Think about how many billions of people he's misled. So, but the world wants to think of him as a wonderful... Wonderful person, you know, who helped the sick and and did some miracles, but no, 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 he's not God. Okay, that's where the Islam people are. They, he's one of the greatest prophets the Islam has. Is Jesus? Okay, but he's a lot more than that. He's either who he claimed to be, or he's the biggest liar and lunatic the world's ever known. Biggest deceiver, okay, in the world, in the world. All right, and then here's one that maybe isn't isn't really. Very deep philosophically or theologically, relax. When you look through scripture, when you see Jesus as he's sharing the good news with people, what does the scripture say in many, many cases? And he sat down. And he sat down. And they sat down. And sometimes he gave them food. Sometimes he didn't. He gave them stories. Okay? And he sat down. For me, I like to drink coffee. I almost live at Starbucks when I went down here. But Uh, I like to uh, talk to people over a cup of coffee. Sometimes I'll take my glasses off, because that sort of helps me relax a little bit. But the point is, relax. Find a place where you can sort of be alone so people aren't milling around and interrupting you. It's a a minor thing, but I think it really does help a lot. And then, finally, the church is important. I don't know how to say that any more gracefully than that. It's one thing to lead a person to Christ, but it's another thing to then follow up that person so that they grow in grace. Okay? In the state of Maryland and probably the state of Florida, there are laws about child abandonment. You know, if you bring a child into the world and then you don't feed that child, you can go to prison. And spiritual obstetrics is exciting. But spiritual pediatrics, which is, you know, teaching and raising up a child after they're born, is a lot more work not quite as exciting okay but uh, we need to make sure that the people that we lead to christ or have an impact on are led to a bible believing church now it doesn't have to be uh you know boulevard it doesn't have to be but but they need to be cared for so that they're not misled by one of the cults out there and there are many 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 today okay so those points i just wanted to share with you tonight every one of us is either a missionary or a mission field Okay, there's only two kinds of people here tonight. People that know the Lord, you are a missionary. The scripture tells us that we are ambassadors for Christ, which means we are out representing Him to the world. And we need to be prepared to share the gospel, because that's it says reconciling us to the world and the world unto Him. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Okay. So just these few thoughts tonight, I'm hoping and praying that God will use them as we go out from this place and uh, have the opportunity to, to, to share the gospel. And uh, can you imagine spending eternity with just one other person that you've led to Christ all eternity long, having fellowship with that person because of what God did through you? That's exciting to me. And that's what keeps me charged up and keeps me going. So if you want to talk more about this, or maybe I've even uh, struck a chord in your heart saying, you know, I'm not even sure I'm a Christian i would be more than happy to go to a side room someplace and pray with you have a chance to talk with you or one of the elders would be more than happy to do that but the main thing is you can't share something you don't already have okay and and i love peanut butter cups i would share one with you. well i'm not even sure i'd share it but uh, i can't give you one if i don't have one okay but you can't share the gospel at least effectively unless you know the lord so that you can then, then share it, okay? So that's really what I wanted to share with you. If we can pray for a moment, and then I'll ask you, whoever's in charge, to close us out here. Thank you, Lord, for the time we can have tonight. Thank you for every person here, from the youngest to the oldest. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand that you've left us on this earth to share the good news to those around us at school, in the neighborhood, at the store, over the back fence, uh, at the local church, uh, wherever you put us, Lord. We thank you for bringing people into our path. Lord, help us not to preach at them, but Lord, help us to share with them and be urgent about sharing it because, Lord, we don't know from one day to the next when you're going to call us home. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the good news of salvation. And we thank you that we're not just having a life of meaning and purpose on this earth, but, Lord, forever we will be with our Savior Jesus Christ. What a tremendous hope we have. Lord, now bless us for the rest of this evening. We thank you for uh, all that you've done for us. And we look forward to uh, serving you in this in the days to come. For we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, everybody. Take care.